0: Going all in for Jesus next on Abounding Grace.
1: I'm not looking to fill a bunch of lists of we need this and we need that. This is what we need. We need to be a community of believers that are passionately sold out and all in for the things of God. And what's it gonna take for you to finally get to that place where you're like, you know what? I'm all in. I'm all in with the Lord. I'm all in with this church. What's next? What's next, God? What do you want me to do? How do you wanna use my life? Because only one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Jesus will last. All the other things. You know, last year, remember last year when you were called, God spoke to you and you were stirred up and you were called to do something and you didn't do it. You just made an excuse. Remember that? What did three, 365 days later now, what has that got you? Nothing. Nothing.
0: This is amazing grace. committed to all sorts of things today, from their job to their favorite hobby and others, their family. But today on Abounding Grace, we'd like to encourage you to a deeper level of commitment to God. I think you'll be inspired as you hear about the early disciples who were committed to Jesus. They heard Jesus and followed him, going all in. Pastor Ed Taylor says, those are footsteps to follow in.
1: Verse 35, back in John chapter 1. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Now there is a depth of commitment here that I want in my life. A depth of commitment that I want, that I see and I want in those early disciples in my life. I want more of a commitment than I have today. I want to go deeper into the things of God. I want to have more obedience. I want to take more steps of faith. I want to live a life just like here where the disciples hear Jesus and they throw their lives all in. All in. They leave everything. They they completely commit to Him. All they needed to do is have somebody say, that's the one. He's the Lamb of God. And as they hear Him, it says right here, don't underestimate verse 37 in your life. They hear Him and they follow Him. They hear Him and they follow Him. And I want this commitment in my life. I I want this for us. I want this for me. I want what I hear to motivate me to action, to move, to follow, to shift my life to Jesus, to give myself wholly over to him, to to hear what he has to say and say, I'm giving you more of myself, Lord. I'm not holding back from you." you. You see, it's so easy to hold back on God. It's so easy to sit here and to be on the radio or to be in another church home and you're hearing the word and hearing the word and hearing the word and not doing the word. You're hearing what God has to say about this area in your life, but you don't do it. You're hearing what God has to say about what he wants to do in you, and you won't do it. You have a desire and God is confirmed in your life to be a missionary, to be a pastor, to be a teacher, to be a faithful homemaker, to be that business owner or that employee, to stand strong for the things of God, but you won't and you don't. Your career is far more important to you right now than Jesus. Having money is more important to you than Jesus. Relationships are far outweighing your commitment to Jesus right now. Your desire and your fear about what the future might hold and what you might do and what about retirement, and all of these things, they all have their place in their life. But in your life, if you're not careful, you will have these far outweigh, far outweigh, A commitment to follow Him all out. I want to speak especially to you that are single right now. Single. Your singleness is a very special place that God has given to you where you can wholeheartedly, without any restraint, give yourself to the things of God. Your singleness. I know some of you are single. You don't want to be single. I I was a singles pastor for many years, walking alongside of you. I have a special heart for you. I know some of you are single because you've been divorced. Some of you are single because of death. Your spouse died. Some of you are single because you're just single. And while you have a desire for marriage, you're not fully taking advantage of your singleness. The Bible says that you can commit yourself completely. You don't have to think about anything else but serving the Lord. So would you please just think about nothing else but serving the Lord? Take advantage of it. I mean, if you have a desire to be married, no doubt God is going to bring a partner to you. You have to be patient and content, and it's work. It's not easy. It's hard. You know more than—you know better than I do how hard it is. But you have the power of God with you. You have the power of God because the Bible says the married person has to care about the things of their spouse. Now, that's not a bad thing. That's not a negative thing. It's just the facts. That when a single person has an opportunity to make a decision, and a married person has not, especially married with kids, but a married person has to make a decision, they have a different matrix. They have to pass that through. That's all it means. You that are married, it doesn't, exu- it doesn't exempt you from serving God wholeheartedly. You just have a different way to make your decisions. That's all. You have to be concerned about your spouse first. You have to be concerned about your kids. Nothing wrong with that. But you have to be careful. Singles, married couples, we have to be careful. We have to be careful to hear Jesus speak and follow him. Do you have a desire to be passionate about God? Do you have a desire to be used by God? Because these guys inspire me. Just a simple verse— all it took for them was to hear Jesus, and they followed him. They jumped in. They shifted their lives. They processed everything in their lives of what would please God. How will we serve him? Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not sharing all this so we can have a bunch of ministries started here, and you could fill this ministry and that ministry. And that. No, 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 no. That's backwards. That's backwards. What I'm proposing to you is not to sign up for a bunch of ministries and start serving. Oh, we need you here. We need you there. Those are great places for you to serve. I just want you to give your life to him because if you give your life to him, all these other things will be filled. I'm not looking to fill a bunch of lists and we need this and we need that. This is what we need. We need to be a community of believers that are passionately sold out and all in for the things of God. And what's it going to take for you to finally get to that place where you're like, you know what? I'm all in. I'm all in with the Lord. I'm all in with this church. What's next? What's next, God? What do you want me to do? How do you want to use my life? Because only one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Jesus will last. All the other things. You know, last year, remember last year when you were called, God spoke to you and you were stirred up and you were called to do something and you didn't do it. You just made an excuse. Remember that? What did three, 365 days later now, what has that got you? Nothing. Nothing. Remember two, three years ago when God was speaking to you about stepping up and really fulfilling your calling in life and you came up, well, you know, as soon as this thing happens at work, as soon as I get through this thing at work, then maybe I'll step up and maybe, yeah, you remember now, it's three years later and where are you at? You know, you get good at making excuses, it's been said, and isn't it true? You get good at making excuses, that's all you're gonna be good for. This is gonna become easier and easier and easier for us to excuse what God's doing. And some of the things you're, you know, we have a relationship. I'm not just some stranger to you folks. I'm, we have a relationship. It's our church. We're friends. We're pastor and, and we're fellow. I know some of the things that have stumbled you and hurt you over the years that is, are painful and difficult. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not naive. I'm not someone that just wants to, to, to motivate you just with words. I, I want the Holy Spirit to, I know, but I want you to know that God is there in those difficulties and God is a God of healing. And God is a God of victory. And God is a God of perseverance. And God is a God of of steadying on. God is a God of contentment. God is a God of stirring. He'll take you from glory to glory and strength to strength. But if you just get good at making excuses, then we're just, well, when you get a collection of people good at making excuses, then we're just excuse ridden and our city is dying and going to hell. And here we are worshiping and singing and not making a difference because we're not willing to passionately pursue the things of God. I think of Levi Lusco coming here for the experience on Friday night. I mean, literally, this room was packed, lying. People were lying. I was one of them, lined up along the wall. Every seat was full. The Agape room downstairs, the overflow, full. Cafe, full. They started putting people up on the high school. It was not full, but it was filling up. There were people outside listening. There were people on the radio listening. And a massive, massive, massive response where kids were up every single, mostly kids. There were some adults there. Every single aisle, all the way up over here, over here, over here. Just massive. We took them all upstairs. And in a junior high they almost filled that room just standing up not sitting down there was just an outpouring of the Holy Spirit I'm so thankful that Levi would take the time and that whole group of people he had they went from city to city passionate to reach the young reach the lost spend all their time all their energy there, his church invested in them as even we shared in, sh- in supporting them and, and, and they came here and they care about our city and let me tell you something every time every time we partner with someone because I'm not Levi Lesko, and I'm pretty I'm cool with that I'm not like that I don't communicate like that I don't connect with kids like that and so I love partnering with people like that because we'll do it together and we'll serve together. I have my role in the body. He has his role in the body and the kingdom of God grows as a result. I'm cool with that. No problem. No problem. If I started saying yo, yo all the time, <laughs> you guys would be throwing tomatoes at me. and going, "Ah, oh, you're not, you know, you're not, uh, you're not young anymore. I know, I know, I know. But we partner with him and it's such an outpouring. But let me tell you this. Let me say this. This is my heart to yours. We shouldn't have someone come in from out of town that loves and cares for our city more than we do. We should have somebody more passionate about the kids in our city than we do. Because you know what happened? They came, they poured out, God used them. And you know what they did at 2.30 in the morning? We got in a circle 2.30 in the morning, prayed for them. You know what happened? They went home. These are kids in our city. These are your kids and my kids, your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews. We need church We need to hear and do. That's what James said. Don't be hearers of the word only, but doers of the word. And I don't know in particular what God's stirring in your heart, but you gotta be this. Otherwise your life's gonna pass you by. You're gonna look at it. There's gonna be a lot of victories and things you've done in the world with no eternal value. And you look at the bucket of eternity and you're like, I really didn't do anything for the Lord. I want this in my life. I hope you do too. Verse 38. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following said to them, what do you seek? I like that. What do you seek? (laughs) What do you want? You know, a lot of people follow Jesus not for the right reason. Some people like, you know, he was making food so they were hungry. They followed him. He was healing. That must have been awesome. I'd follow Jesus just to see him passionately love and change people's lives. He healed lepers and the blind could see and the deaf could hear and people's lives were being saved. That's awesome. I love that. A lot of people follow Jesus with, motive, with Ill, Ill motives and so he's looking at them in the eye. He goes, you, you, you're passionate? You want to follow me? What do you want? Because a lot of people follow Jesus and don't want the right thing. And Jesus says, what do you want? Do you want to sell out for me? And, and they say, hey, where are you staying? Rabbi, where are you staying? In verse 39, he said, come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the 10th hour. And one of the two who heard John speak followed him. His name was Andrew. If you like to write in your Bibles, you can circle Andrew and write next to it, manly. Andrew was a manly guy. He was a fisherman. These guys were rough dudes, fishermen. They weren't the kind that went to the pier and threw a little line over the edge. They were like the deadliest catch guys, man. They were, wow. You ever watch that show? Like I get it, I'm I, okay, let me just say this. These guys were manly men, fishermen. I'm not. I readily admit it. I'm not like that. I couldn't do the deadliest catch and I don't like fishing. Fishing, what? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I I don't get, I don't, this out there, you can fish at Costco like that. (laughs) They're clean cut, bam. Take it home and barbecue it. I remember many years ago, you guys remember Pastor Louis? He's up in Denver right now. Pastor Louis and I were at another church together. We went on a pastor's retreat. And Louis, you guys that know him, is a fisherman, fisherman. That dude's into it. He loves fishing. I still don't know why, but he loves fishing. He's a good at it, expert, all of that. So we went fishing and and they I didn't have any gear. They gave me the gear. I went fishing. Guess what? I caught something. I caught something. It wasn't because of me, because of Louis helping me out. I caught something. And so as I brought it up, they go, Oh, I was take it off the hook. No, I'm not taking it off the hook. I finally convinced Louis to take it off the hook for me. He took it off. He said, Okay, if you're not going to take it off the hook, then gut it. No, I'm not going to gut it. But they were pressing me, him and James were pressing me, pressing me. And so I took a hammer and I was just hammering her its head. Stop moving, stop moving. And it was like, Oh, I'm not like that. But these guys, these guys, these were men. They were fishermen. They lived their life on that. They were not like weak Ed hitting with a little hammer. These guys were men. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. Here's the lesson. Here's the truth. God will use you as you are. You don't have to be somebody else. You like fishing and doing that stuff? Then God will use you. Think about it. How strategic was God to get fishermen to teach them? They know how to fish. To teach them how to be fishers of men. Amazing. But they weren't the only ones. But this manly guy, Andrew, wasn't afraid to go tell somebody about Jesus. He was, here I am. I'll follow, but I'll do it all kind of quietly. No way. It says right here that Andrew was there. One of the two that followed him were Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And what did he do? He first found his own brother. That's what happens when the gospel is, is invading a life. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you're so excited and you're so, so joyful. And what's the first thing, the natural thing? You go tell somebody. And most, most often, it's your family. Come and see this man. Come and see he's got the answer to life's questions. Come and see. And I know the response isn't always what he got here, where his brother came, but it's natural. It's natural, church. The testimony of this church is incredible. I'm so proud to be a part of this church. I'm so proud to be a part of what God's doing, but especially in our own congregation. As you go about and share, let me check this out. I got this text. The brother comes to our church. I'm not going to give you any names because part of the text uh, has to do with people in our church. And, and so he comes to the church and he texts me right before service yesterday and gave me this testimony. It was perfect. He didn't know what I was teaching on. So here's the text. It says, my neighbor's been uh, battling coming to church for about a year now and he's been having issues. I've been inviting him and inviting him and he has a local business. And a lady came into the business and, and, and transacted business with him today. And in the conversation of the business, it says, and I'm not giving you all the details, it says, uh, she tells him he needs Jesus and told him about 89.7 in Calvary Chapel and invited him. Now he, after that invitation, texted this brother, comes to our church and said, hey, gave him the whole story. And his neighbor, you know, the neighbor says, hey, bro, that's from the Lord. Now I've been inviting you and, and you now are going to transact business because you can't get away from the Lord not only you can't get away from the Lord you can't get away from those Jesus lovers that go to Calvary Chapel you know every time you slap a sticker on your car you're telling people come and see or come and hear oh I bet you didn't know this either every time you slap a sticker on your car you're improving your driving habits as well (laughs) at least I hope you are you got your church sticker. The testimony after testimony of people who says, you know, I I was there uh, at Calvary Chapel because I followed some guy in because they had a sticker on their car and I just needed to go to church. I just needed to seek God. And there's a lot of people that make Calvary their home because you followed somebody because you got lost. You don't know where you're coming. You're just like, man, there's a sticker in front of me. I think I'll follow them. I'm glad you weren't going to Safeway. I'm glad you were going to church that day. And your testimony goes resounds through our city. You are fulfilling that. And some of you aren't that need to step up to that. You need to step up and say, look, the only answer for life's problems is Jesus Christ. That's, he's the only answer. He's the only hope. And we've tried to make it easy for you. We have thousands and thousands of resources. We have church cards you can put in your purse or your wallet or your car and you can hand some, say, I know you're going through something here. Here, this is where I go to church. They'll help you there. We've got radio cards where it says right there all the information about the radio where they maybe don't want to come to church but they'll listen to the radio and listen to some guy and somebody on there is going to be able to connect with them as they're teaching the word. And here's a card. And oh, you live up in that city where there's a church there. I got a friend. We have a a fellowship family of churches and we know a great church up there. And you're telling people about Jesus. You're encouraging them like Andrew and God wants to use you in that way this testimonies over and over and over and over again. He found his own brother and told him, we found the Messiah, verse 41. That's evangelism. You know that's the vision of our church. It's one word. It, God has made it very easy. What's the vision of your church? What's the grand vision? What you, the vision of our church is very simple. It's evangelism with a responsibility to win a person to Jesus Christ, disciple them in Jesus Christ, and then send them out for Jesus Christ. That's it. That's why we live. Evangelism. Win. Disciple. Send. That's why, that's why you're here. God wants to teach you that. He wants to use you. You infiltrate this world in so many places and ways that I'll never be able to do. And God wants to use you that way. And I pray we just don't get lazy, church. I pray we just, well, you know, uh, okay. Yeah, it's church. And yeah, we gotta, yeah, just not getting lazy with God's word, not getting lazy in our relationship with the Lord, not getting lazy in our commitment and our, we have a duty to serve the Lord. We have a responsibility to serve the Lord. It's not optional. It's our duty. And we think of Memorial Day and we think of all the men and women that have lived up to their duty. Many of the men and women before us have given up their lives. Many of the men and women in this latest deployment, they they haven't given up their lives perhaps in a physical way, but I just prayed with a brother, a very dear brother that's in our church. I just prayed with him right before he left for service who's battling all the the effects of PTSD and what he's seen and what he's heard and what he's smelled and what he's had gone through. He did that for our freedom. He stood in the gap for us. And if if we see that demonstration in wonderful, godly men and women of integrity among our military, church, how much more does Jesus deserve all that we have for him? That whatever we do, we do in Jesus' name. Men and women of integrity, caring for our city more than anyone else might care for our city, because it's our city. This is where God has planted us this is the commitment that God has given to us. And when we read about John the Baptist and we read about Andrew and we read about Peter, we read about these men and women, we read about Hannah and learn about her life on Wednesdays, it's time and I challenge you. Step up. Truly lay your life on the line. Lay it before the Lord. Deepen your commitment to the things of God. Because it says in verse 42, he brought him to Jesus and when Jesus looked at him, Peter didn't even know this, but Jesus had a word for him already. Jesus had a word for him. He said, Simon, son of Jonah, you'll be called Cephas, which is translated as stone. He says, you know what his word was? You are going to be a change, and I'm going to change you. I'm going to change you. Your relationship with me will change you. So much so, it will be demonstrated by a name change. You will change your name. Your relationship with me, Peter, Cephas, Simon, everything about you is going to change. And that's what he's saying to us, church. That's what he's saying to us. He's calling us to a deeper level of commitment. So as we enter and come to the communion table, I encourage you, please consider what I've said today. I believe it's from the Lord. I believe he's stirring us. I believe he's speaking to us. I believe he's wanting us to go to another level of commitment and service in our community. And who knows? I don't know what it looks like exactly. We never really know what God's gonna do, but I wanna be a part of it. I don't want someone caring about our city more than us. I don't want someone serving. I mean, I I just want us to fulfill why God, you know, you think about it. I was just telling somebody uh, Friday night that was visiting. I said, to think about it, eight years ago, this was dirt. That's where you're dirt. This was dirt, where you're at right now. If you know, we're on the second floor. So if you went down a few feet, it was dirt. It was just dirt. There was nothing here. There was no worship on this property. It was just a bunch of, uh, you know, not gophers. What are the other things? Prairie dog! Somebody stopped in the middle of the road yesterday for a prairie dog. I almost rear-ended them. (laughs) Different message for a different time. (laughs) Oh my goodness! There were just prairie dogs here. There was just nothing here. But look at what it is now. It's a place dedicated to the worship of God. People are here on this dirt now, lifting hands and raising their kids, and life's changed. Salvation taking place. Why? Because of a passionate church, a giving faithful church, a church that's willing to sacrifice and give themselves wholly over. And now I'm saying, church, God is taking us to another level. And make a decision. Pray about it. Make the decision. Go all in.
0: Encouraging us toward a deeper level of commitment to Jesus, that is Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. And Ed, before we let you go, today you also urged us to bring people to Jesus. And as Easter is approaching, there are no shortage of opportunities right now. You know, Larry, with Easter coming around,
1: everybody's talking about Jesus, whether it's positive or negative. A lot of invitations are going out, and I think it's a great time for us to connect with people and just invite them to church. To a church service, because most people will respond to an invitation personally. That's one of the reasons why we still print physical cards out so that you can hand it to someone and physically, personally invite someone to join you on Easter. And if you need to take them out to lunch or breakfast or dinner to have some time together before or after, Go for it or and have the kids come together. But it's a great time around this time of Easter where people will be coming. They'll be more apt to say yes. And the Holy Spirit is at work. I mean, there's never a time really when the Holy Spirit's not at work. But this is a time where people are more, un, it, believers and unbelievers alike, are a lot more sensitive to the activity of the Holy Spirit. So let's go for it. It's what a great time. What a great time of the year to invite people to the Lord.
0: Thanks, Ed. If you'd like to hear the study again, visit AboundingGraceRadio.com or listen through the Calvary Church app. You can search for Ed Taylor to download that today. If you haven't read Chuck Smith's classic book, Love the More Excellent Way, we'd like to recommend that you do. We'd love to get this into your hands. You'll not only discover what love is, as defined by God, but also how to love the more excellent way. And we'll gladly send you a copy for a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Thank you for remembering us in your prayers and giving to the Lord. Your gift, whatever the size, will serve to help us reach thousands with the message of Christ. Reach us toll free at 877-30-GRACE. Again, eight seven seven three zero 30 grace You can also request this and other resources online at calvaryco.store. If you just like to make a donation and not interested in the pick of the month, you can just go online to aboundinggraceradio.com. Connect with us through social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. There's a link to each page at aboundinggraceradio.com. We've got another study in the Gospel of John to look forward to tomorrow on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. May God richly bless you with His abounding grace. This is amazing grace.